and it's called the land of the brave. The whole world knows our name. One Don't go anywhere. We have an amazing opportunity for you here today. I am talking, of course, about timeshares. No, I'm kidding. Welcome to the Hocus Broke Podcast. I am your host, as always, Joshua Stanko. And uh, Biden's State of the Union address was last night, and it was just, it was just awful. It was, it was really bad. Um, predictably so, because Biden did what Biden always does, which is lie through his teeth and try to take credit for stuff that he had really nothing to do with. Primarily the Ukraine situation. He opened up his whole speech by touching on that. Europe's unity and all that good stuff, right? Like, he had anything to do with that whatsoever. He, he acts like his leadership led to European unity on the Ukraine situation right now. And let's just be perfectly clear. It is his weakness. It was America's weakness on foreign policies that led to the European, the European unity right there. All these countries teaming up and going out and going after uh, Russia uh, on the on the economic stage, right? That is a result of American weakness. That is a result of America not leading the situation, so they have to do it themselves, right? And there are some good things that are coming out of this. Absolutely. I mean, if you look over at uh, Germany right now, Germany that switched over to clean energy to the extent that they now were solely dependent on Russia for their fuel needs. Why? Because clean energy isn't reliable. It doesn't produce a lot of energy. So they were still on fossil fuels after switching over. It just ended up costing them a lot more money. And again, they were wildly dependent on Russia. Well, that's starting to change a little bit. This is uh, according to the, uh, the Atlantic. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz made a moving and extraordinary change, committing an additional $100 billion to defense spending immediately, shipping weapons to Ukraine, and ending the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which was constructed to bring gas to Germany from Russia. Right, so this is a very good thing, right? Less, uh, less countries being dependent on Russia for energy, for fuel sources is very much a good thing. Increasing defense spending against Russia is a very good thing. Weapons being sent over to Ukraine right now is a very good thing. These are all very good things. Um, I, I will say Europe seeking to arm itself and potentially increase its nuclear capabilities in the face of Russian aggression and a weak uh, America is not necessarily a good thing because while they may be our allies today, history pro has proven that uh, that is not always the case. I mean, just look at Australia, right? Five years ago, I mean, they were a beautiful state and today they're shipping off their own citizens into COVID camps. Would you really want that country holding on to nuclear weapons? In the same way, maybe Germany and France are our allies today, but who are they going to be five years from now if they have nuclear weapons? That's the, that's the long question. That's why American leadership on the foreign pol on foreign policy on the on the international international stage is a very important thing. There are ramifications that trickle down from being weak on that sort of stuff. That's something I've talked about extensively on this show. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's how Biden opened up his State of the Union, and he flip-flopped on a number of, uh, things, uh, primarily the police. 
he decided that uh, defund the police is off the table, that we need to fund the police, as he put it. That's why the American Rescue Plan that you all provided $350 billion that cities, states, and counties can use to hire more police, invest in more proven strategies. <clears throat> proven strategies like Proven strategies like community violence interruption, trusted messengers, breaking the cycle of violence and trauma, and giving young people some hope. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them. Fund them. Um, yeah, obviously a big 180 for him and his party, who has spent like the last three years saying how the, the cops are systemically racist. We need to tear down the institutions. We need to give way to all these people just burning down courthouses, burning down police stations, taking over several square blocks of Seattle, causing billions of dollars in property damage. We need to fuel their hatred and their racism. Why? Because their hatred and racism is justified, because police are awful. And then all of a sudden, now he cares about cops. He does not care about cops. He cares about cops when it is politically convenient for him to do so and when he's in front of a camera. He does not care about the police. Kamala Harris, who set up a bail fund for rioters in California, right, does not care about the police. Nancy Pelosi, who thanked George Floyd, who thanked George Floyd for dying, does not care about police. That is the reality. All these people are hypocrites. All of them are liars. And, uh, well, I, I, I should say there were some Democrats in the audience during the State of the Union who were at least somewhat consistent in their beliefs. And that was the members of the squad. Yes, our favorite members right there. Let's have a look at them, shall we? Now, I know what you're thinking. And uh, the answer is yes, they are very, 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 very brutally ugly. They're just not very good looking at all. It's very hard to look at them. Uh, take Rashida Tlaib, for instance, right? The, the rabid anti-Semite Palestinian version of Igor from Young Frankenstein. Good Lord. Right? You have AOC looking like she's ready to store some nuts for winter. Right? You have you have the Muslim version of Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones, uh Ilyan Omar up there, right? Right, because Cersei Lannister also slept with her brother. A bumchi. And then then you have the rotund racist Cory Bush. Who is wearing a t-shirt with the number 18,000 on it um, in reference to a tweet that she put out uh, yesterday, which was, my state of the union fit, 18,000, that's how many people whose clemency petitions are sitting in a backlog waiting for POTUS's review. Justice delayed is justice denied. President Biden, we're urging you, start granting clemency now. You know, 
the only other time in my life that I have heard the words clemency be used was in Pirates of the Caribbean. On our return to Port Royal, I granted you clemency. And this is how you thank me? By throwing in your lot with him? He's a pirate. And a good man. And like Jack Sparrow, and like Will Turner, I suppose she too is suggesting that these 18,000 people deserve to be on the street. Why? Because our justice system is so broken that nearly 20,000 people are sitting in jail who do not deserve to be sitting in jail. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty wild claim. I'm going to need at least some evidence of that. You know, because my understanding of the way that it works is you commit a crime, you're arrested, you're brought before a judge or a jury, evidence is presented against you, and if the evidence of you committing the crime is overwhelming enough to be beyond the doubt of a reasonable man, then you are sentenced, you are punished, you are given a fine, you are given community service, you are sent to jail. So if the idea is that cops are just out there arresting people on the spot, throwing them in jail without their day in court, without evidence being presented, and that there are just 20,000 people, maybe more, who knows, just sitting in jail for no reason, probably because of the color of their skin, right? I'm going to need some evidence of that whatsoever. You know, we hear about this crap all the time, right? The disproportionate number of, of minorities and ethnic groups in prison right now. And my response to that is, who cares? Did they commit the crime that they were accused of? Was that presented in a court of law? Were they convicted? Were they sent to jail as a result of those crimes? If the answer is yes, then it doesn't matter what the color of their skin is. It doesn't matter what their gender is. If you break the law, you pay a price for that. That is the justice system right there, working for you in full order. But if the idea is, is that because there is a disproportionate number of minorities in prison, because as it turns out, various ethnic groups, various races, commit crime disproportionately. Why? Because communities are different. Why? Because cultures are different. All right? It's plain and simple. Okay, this is very consistent, not just in the United States, but all over the world. Different groups of people behave differently. Okay, but if the idea is, is that we're just supposed to stop prosecuting people because of the color of their skin, because of their gender, where's the justice in that? There is no justice in that, because that isn't justice. Social justice is not justice. It's the antithesis of individual justice. It's the antithesis of individual liberty. And the idea that you can drive through a crowd and run over people, like we saw in Waukesha, right? And that we, we're just supposed to stop reporting that because of the color of the skin of the person driving the car? We're supposed to not look at the motives? We're not supposed to talk about his history or his radical beliefs because of the color of his skin? Where's the justice for the people who died there? Or better yet, this guy who had a rap sheet a mile long, the idea that he was just supposed to be let back out on the street until he did something like this. That's what it takes, driving through a crowd of people in order to you to finally see justice? That isn't justice at all. So no, the idea that we, that we need to offer clemency to 18,000 people is just, it's just unbelievably insane. The idea that we need to stop prosecuting people in order to fill racial quotas and balance out the ledgers of the prison system is insane on its face. And that is why Joe Biden is flip-flopping on the whole defund the police movement right now. Because it's insane, because it has led to crime rates skyrocketing, because it has led to murder rates skyrocketing, and Democrats can feel the winds changing here, people are upset 
about not being able to walk home safely. People are upset about inflation. People are upset about being bankrupted from gas going way, way, way up, right? And now he's trying to backpedal. He's trying to shift the blame on inflation, shift the blame on gas. And now he's trying to walk back his own stances on policing. It's not going to work. Cory Bush and the squad, they might get away with that in New York, right? But, um, you, you know, good luck to the Democrats all over the country. That's all I have to say on that. Um, but uh, in, in, regards, uh, in regards to the whole Ukraine fiasco, it's still very news relevant, obviously. Although I, I will say the entire experience, just getting to report on this, has enlightened me on some information, things that I wasn't, you know, aware of regarding things overseas, as well as uh, things in our own country. Uh, Steven Seagal, the the 1990s, late 1980s action star, right? Um, so he he weighed in on the whole Ukraine incident. And, uh, you know, honestly, I wasn't aware of Steven Seagal's history with Vladimir Putin and Russia. And before I really dig into that, I want to clarify, there is a lot of scrutiny against Steven Seagal in terms of acting. People say, oh, he made, he made great action films in the 90s. Oh, no, he made terrible action films in the 90s. I want to be clear. Steven Seagal is not a good actor by any means, and he made a lot of bad movies. That being said, there is one movie that he did that was great. There was one movie that he did that I actually really love, and you should definitely check it out, Under Siege. It was the final voyage of America's mightiest battleship. What's on this helicopter? This little sweetheart. Miss July 89. God, I love this business. I love you. The party was wild. Love you today. They really knocked him dead. Imagine this arsenal of tactical nuclear weapons falling into the wrong hands. The Pentagon never did. Four minutes ahead of schedule. Damn, I'm good. Now, a team of terrorists have taken over. Wake up the president. But there's just one thing they didn't count on. The cook. Are you like some special forces guy or something? No, I'm just a cook. Oh my God, we're gonna die. Now, I know the trailer makes it look a little bit cheesy. It's a 90s action flick, but it is a really good 90s action flick. Um, but nevertheless, Steven Seagal, who is a martial arts expert in Aikido, uh, apparently uh, competed at a number of martial arts tournaments uh, around the world alongside Vladimir Putin. Apparently they, they were rather uh, friendly. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a long history between Steven Seagal, Russia, and Ukraine, apparently, that, that I was unaware of until recently. He was appointed as a special envoy for humanitarian ties with the United States by the Russian Foreign Ministry in 2018. The unpaid gig would facilitate relations between Russia and the United States in the humanitarian field, including cooperation in culture, arts, public, and youth exchanges. He was also granted Russian citizenship in 2016 and defended Russia's leadership for its annexation of Crimea, of Crimea in 2014, calling Putin one of the great living world leaders. Now, months after being granted Russian citizenship and personally presented with a passport by Putin himself, uh, Ukraine deemed the hard-to-kill actor a threat to national security and banned him from the country for five years. 
Now, that seems a little bit harsh, right? I mean, he's only chumming it up with Vladimir Putin in defending the annexation of Crimea, right? But what is his stance on the whole Ukraine fiasco? What is his stance on Russia and an unprovoked act of aggression just invading, targeting civilians and civilian centers, right? What, 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 what is his, his, his take on that? He referred to both sides as one family. Most of us have friends and family in Russia and Ukraine. I look at both as one family and really believe it is an outside entity spending huge sums of money on propaganda to provoke the two countries to be at odds with each other. My God. My prayers are that both countries will come to a positive, peaceful resolution where we could live and thrive together in peace. An outside entity funding propaganda? That in and of itself is propaganda. Everyone in their mother knows that Russia began encroaching on Ukraine after Afghanistan. The Biden administration has been talking about it since November while doing absolutely nothing to stop it, mind you, right? They launched missiles into Ukraine last week. They struck first. It isn't Ukraine inv invading Russia right now. It's Russia invading Ukraine right now. What is he talking about? I mean, but uh, honestly, I don't really, I don't know what we should expect from a 69-year-old with jet black hair, a goatee, and who often likes to wear, is that, Komodo? Like, I, don't, I don't know, like Asian garb? I, honestly, honestly, um, he's a very weird dude. He's a very, he, 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 there, there's no way around it. He's a weird ass dude. Um, and you'd kind of have to be to be friends with Vladimir Putin and to be looking at what's happening right now and saying that it's some outside entity that exists in the ether that's stoking the flames of war. Like who? Like Professor James Moriarty? Are we just like stealing the plot to Sherlock Holmes right now? There's some guy out there stoking the flames of war so he can profit off the bullets and the bandages? This isn't 18th century literature. This is happening right freaking now. Freaking A. Um, and uh, well, I guess while we're on the subject of martial artists who are out of their mind, Putin um, himself has actually been stripped of his black belt. World Taekwondo, citing its motto of peace is more precious than triumph, condemned the Russian military action in Ukraine, saying the brutal attacks on innocent lives violated the sport's values of respect and tolerance. In this regard, World Taekwondo has decided to withdraw the honorary ninth Dan black belt conferred to Mr. Vladimir Putin in November 2013. Now, I mean, obviously this is more symbolic than anything because when it comes to being a black belt, you get that belt based on your skill, right? You work your way up to it. It's not really something that can be taken away from you, right? You could take the belt away. Does that mean he's not a black? No, he's still very much a black belt. He could still kill me, kick my ass. He might be an old man. Um, so that's obviously more symbolic than anything. Uh, what is not symbolic, though, is uh, Vladimir Putin sending 400 mercenaries into Kiev to kill the president of Ukraine, President Zelensky. Apparently that's a thing. So apparently a private militia known as the Wagner Group allegedly has orders from Vladimir Putin to take out Zelensky and 23 other government figures to allow Moscow to take over its Eastern European neighbor. According to the Times, the army for hire run by oligarch Yevgeny Prov... 
<laughs> I have no idea. I don't. I really don't care. A close ally of the Russian president, who is often dubbed Putin chef, was flown in five weeks ago and is being offered a huge sum of money. So, I don't know. It's it's kind of amazing how everything ties into one another, right? Steven Seagal, 1990s action star, martial artist, right? Believes Putin is not at fault for the Ukrainian conflict for the Russia-Ukrainian conflict right now, right? Uh, Vladimir Putin, martial arts expert, loses his belt. Vladimir Putin rips off plots from 1990s action movies and hires mercenaries from Africa to kill the heads of another country. You can't make this stuff up. It is wild what's going on right now. Um, dear God, you, you know, if you're not... You, I, I try to have a good sense of humor about some of this stuff because I guess I've always been... My tastes have always run in the line of shock comedy, you know things that are things that are funny just because of how unbelievably disturbing they are, how ridiculous and ludicrous they are. Right? And the guy who says he wants to rebuild the Soviet Union, hiring African mercenaries to come out and kill the head of Ukraine, all the while turns out to be friends with Steven Seagal. <laughs> it's just like, where does this stuff come from? I mean, honest to God. Um, and to top it all off, you have the stellar leadership of the, <laughs> the stellar leadership of the United States, um, just uh, just adding fuel to the fire, really. Uh, Kamala Harris, in particular, she was asked to explain in layman's terms just what was going on between Russia and Ukraine right now for anyone living under a rock, and. Um, her response was just like something straight out of the office. Like if if you had, it's, it was it was like it was like listening to Michael Scott talk about politics. And I, you got you guys, honestly, you just got to hear this real quick. Um. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps and uh, I believe that our ed education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much, South Carolina. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That was actually a clip from a 2007 Miss Teen USA uh, pageant. Here's the actual clip with Kamala Harris. If you're watching any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. 
You know, when I started this show, uh, I tried to make it abundantly clear that I am not an intellectual or a political genius or an economist or anything like that. I'm just a guy, right? So everything that I report to you, I try to break down as best I understand it, uh, you know, in layman's terms. Um, <laughs> but if that was her idea of breaking down the Ukraine-Russia fiasco in layman's terms, I guess... <laughs> Maybe she just thinks the country is wildly dumber than me. Maybe I am a political genius if that's what layman terms is. What the fuck? Oh my god. So, uh, awesome, awesome stuff from our vice president, obviously. But, uh, time to move on to our societal updates for the day. Okay, so acting legend Sam Elliott, a man who is famous for playing in westerns, for having a striking mustache and a very distinct voice, um, he came out in on the WTF podcast, I believe it was, and had some very sharp criticisms of a recent western called uh, Power of the Dog, starring Benedict Cumberpatch. Now, this movie is being nominated left and right. It is so powerful. It is so amazing. What is it about? It's about a, it's a dark, gritty Western that's about gay cowboys, right? Because that's never been done before. But apparently it's a super important, enlightening, awesome, entertaining film with gay cowboys or something. I do want to say I am a big, I am a big Benedict Cumberpatch fan. I think he is a fantastic actor, but um, I guess the reason even before knowing that it was, you know, it was, you know, about gay cowboys. I haven't seen the film yet. Maybe we'll review it for the show at some point. But even before knowing any of that, I wasn't sold on the idea of him leading a Western. I don't think he has the look of a cowboy. And, you know, after seeing the promotional materials and everything for the, for the movie, I, I, I stand by that. I don't think he has the look of a cowboy. He's, you know, it, it's just not there. Um, I just don't think he was properly suited for that role, but... That's just me. But Sam Elliott definitely wasn't sold on that movie at all. And it's important to note Sam Elliott is not a Republican. He, he endorsed Joe Biden, to my knowledge. He is a, he's a, a Democrat. So um, for him to be coming out and speaking out against this the way that it is, well, I'll just, I'll just let you judge his words here um, on what he had to say about the power of the dog. Did you, did you see Power of the Dog? Did you watch that movie? Yeah, you want to talk about that piece of <laughs> Oh, no. You didn't like that one? No. Okay. Why? I'll tell you why. Okay. I, read, I didn't like it anyway. Yeah. I looked at it when I was down there in Texas yeah. in 1883. Yeah. And what really brought it home to me the other day, what I, what I said, do you want to talk about yeah. it? Yeah. There was a full-page ad out in the L.A. Times, and there was a, a review not a review, but a, a clip, blurb, a clip, yeah, yeah. And it talked about the uh, evisceration of the American myth. Huh. And I thought, what the? F what? The f what does that? This mean? is the guy that's done westerns forever for his whole life. The evisceration of the American West. I mean, they made it look like what are those? What are all those dancers? Those guys. That, in New York, that wear bow ties and not much else. Uh huh. Remember them for back in the day? Oh, the Chippendales? Yeah. Yeah. That's what all these fucking cowboys in that movie looked like. 
Uh-huh. They're all running around in shaps and no shirts. There's all these illusions of homosexuality yeah. Yeah. throughout the f***ing movie. Yeah. I think that's what the movie's about. Yeah. Well, what the f- is this woman from... Who, Jane Campion? Yeah. She's a brilliant director, yeah. by the way. I love her work. <laughs> right. Previous work. Sure. But what the f- is this woman from down there come... Oh, New Zealand. New Zealand. Right. Know about the American West. And why in the does she shoot this movie in New Zealand and call it Montana. It's good, this movie. And say, this is the way it was. It's got you, this movie. So that's f***ing rubbed me the wrong way, pal. <laughs> yeah. And the myth is that they were these, you know, macho men out there with the cattle. Yeah. I'd just come from f***ing Texas where I was hanging out with families, not men, but yeah. families. Yeah. Big, long, extended multiple generation families right. that made their living and their lives were all about being cowboys. And boy, when I f- saw that, I thought, what the f***? Yeah. Where are we in this world today? That, well, I mean, well, I don't know that that's the biggest uh, issue at hand. I, it, well, well I, it's not the biggest issue sure. at hand, no, but it's for me, it was, but, it was but, the only issue. Right, but you can Because can't, there was so much of it. Do you... I mean, Cumberbatch never got out of his f***ing chaps. He, he had two pair of chaps, a woolly pair and a leather pair. Yeah. And every time he'd he'd walk in from somewhere, I don't know where in a f***ing... He, he never was on a horse. Yeah. Maybe once. Yeah. He'd walk into the f***ing house, storm up the f***ing stairs, go lay on his bed in his shafts and play his banjo. And it's like, what the f***? What the f***? Yeah. You know? But, 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 Where's the Western? Where's the Western in this Western? I, I, I get what you're saying, but you can't. But there's no part of you that knowing art films and knowing a separation that this is a specific story and that, you know, the idea that it's an evisceration of the American West was a critic. No, the American myth. The American myth. Yeah. 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 Well, you're part of it. So I guess it, it's, it's personal. I took it personal. <laughs> yeah. I took it personal, pal. I do. I do. I, I consider myself a fairly blunt individual. You know, I never, I never go out of my way to offend anybody, but I'm also not shy about saying what I'm thinking or what I believe on any current topic. Um, so I do genuinely appreciate his bluntness on the matter, and he's absolutely right. What does anybody from New Zealand know about the American West? Yeah, I remember one of my old bosses at my old job. She was from New Zealand. And uh, it was Halloween. There was a Halloween party. I came dressed as Indiana Jones. She had no idea who I was. No idea. Right? It's because it's because countries overseas are not familiar with either our entertainment or our history. So what the hell does a director from New Zealand know about the American West or about the American myth? And what the heck does a bunch of shirtless guys wearing leather chaps have to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. And it does speak to the ignorance of this director and the writers about what made the American West the American West. It does speak to the ignorance of what a Western is. It's not Benedict Cumberpatch smoking cigarettes and getting, what was it, nicotine poisoning for smoking so many unfiltered cigarettes and wearing leather chaps while riding around on his horse half naked. I mean, give me a break. Sam Elliott, he is coming under immense fire, predictably so. Um, 
but uh, you know, good on him for at least putting it the way that it was. Uh, it you know, I, I will say maybe maybe Power of the Dog will be the next movie that we review for this show. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's just weird stuff going on these days. You know, up is down lately. <laughs> maybe it always is. But um, in any event, this concludes our societal updates for the day. So Sam Elliott, thank you for that. All right, folks, that wraps up everything for today. However, did want to uh, make it clear, I did, again, watch the State of the Union last night. I did uh, do a live reaction for it. Uh, that video will be ready for you come Friday, so keep an eye out for that. Um, and my take on everything President Biden had to say, hopefully it will, if you haven't seen the State of the Union by then, hopefully I can help make it slightly more entertaining uh, unbearable for you because it was rather unbearable to watch it just on my own. But uh, in any event, I am your host as always, Joshua Stanko, saying, guys, please stay safe, please stay informed, and God bless, sincerely. Um, catch you next time, guys. <laughs>